Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast unpacking life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to learn more about how we celebrate, how we fall in love, how we mark the important occasions and how we can better talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my look at the beauty of it all. And really, it's a reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Welcome once again to the Celebration Sessions. Now, yes, we are back after a few weeks off. I had a few things on the go which distracted me somewhat in getting another episode out. But interestingly enough for me, it had the accidental effect of acting, I guess, as a little litmus test as to to how the podcast has been landing, so to speak. So I was really taken, uh, I do have to say, uh, I was really taken by the emails and uh, the few messages that I got asking me where where the new episodes were. So thank you so much uh, for getting involved. I really do appreciate it. It means an awful lot. And as sorry as I am that I left you hanging, it is nice to know that uh, I was missed by by a couple of people anyway. So listen, thank you very much. Um, In the meantime, back to this episode, uh, and this time around we come under uh, the heading of love. And one of the things that I've certainly been enjoying learning through my celebrancy and through this podcast as well, in fact, is the importance of ritual and the part that rituals play in how we celebrate occasions, um, how ritual is a part of our collective cultures, really, our human natures as well, and how in a world, uh, certainly at the moment, of such changing variables, that, that ritual is, is, a, is it's a much-needed constant. So I thought it would be nice to look at some uh, different wedding rituals, how we mark the wedding rite of passage, um, rituals and ceremonies that, yes, we may well have seen as guests at weddings, but really, what do they mean and what can they bring to a ceremony as well? So, joining me in this episode, we've got two wonderful fellow celebrants, and I'm delighted that they've both agreed uh, to join me for this episode of the podcast. And where will we start? We'll do ladies first. Uh, So, from Coastal Ceremonies down in County Clare, Clara Malone. Clara, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, Connor. How are you? Thank you for um, asking me on to your podcast. I'm an avid fan and listener, so um, Ah, this is really exciting. So, thank you. Stop it. You flatter me. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm delighted you're here with me for this. Um, And then representing, uh, I think it's fair to say Leinster, uh, Michael Grace, celebrant. Michael, how are you doing? Uh, Connor, how are you? Great to to be part of the podcast. I'm really great at the moment. You know, enjoying the sunshine, albeit very cold. Indeed. Um, (laughs) Indeed. uh, uh, Really delighted to be part of your podcast. You've often accompanied me on my early morning walks. So uh, to be part of it is uh, really great. So thanks a million. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, I have to say, I do really appreciate the idea that that somebody would choose to play me on their device as they're oh, getting... yeah, Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, how, how have you been getting on through these strange times? Yeah, yeah, good. Look, everybody's struggling. Do you know? We're all trying to do our best. So I, I have to say, I can't complain. I've done a, I did a micro wedding uh, there a few weeks ago. So you know, couples nice. are still planning and still some are saying, look, we're going ahead as we planned. Yeah, albeit only six at the wedding. But you know what? It was really lovely. They did it in their back garden, and it was oh, great. Lovely. Some people have, uh, some couples have moved to 
2022. Indeed, one couple has moved to 2023. Oh, wow. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> Uh, you know, we're all doing our best and uh, keeping positive. And that's that's the right way to be, I think. Indeed, indeed. And I think there is a lot to be said for those those smaller weddings. I did one last uh, September, in fact, um, and it was really beautiful. It was just so intimate. And I guess you must find that as well, Clara, with elopements and some of those ceremonies with small numbers yeah, of guests. I do. I, I'm, I'm very used to, well, I'm used to both size, sizes, but yeah, we get a lot of elopements and small weddings here. Mm in County Clare the Cliffs of Moher as you know are very popular and um, Loop Head so I've quite a few coming up now in June and July I'm really looking forward to oh, but, I, but like Michael I had a, a 25 guest wedding last November and it was just absolutely beautiful um, yeah. Yeah. everyone got involved in some way and there's just something really really special about them isn't there um, and yeah it's been a really tough year for people but I a lot of couples I really feel see a lot more choice now in what they can do with weddings and and for many that I'm I'm officiating for over the coming months 25 people is really really suiting them um mm. they're really excited about the intimacy of it um they're really making it their own really making it special mm. and um it mightn't have been everyone's first choice but they're really happy that now that's what they're doing and um yeah I think for I don't know about you guys but Having not been around many people in the last year, if I was in an, uh, an area with 25 other people, I'd be pretty excited <laughs> to make the party. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think I would be the same as well. I'd be the same. And plus, I think when you look at those numbers, certainly for couples, it gets rid of the politics of your guest list. Yes. Because, you know, in terms of... Uh, absolutely. In terms absolutely. of who to invite those family members that you haven't seen in yeah. years, you know, it gives you the get out clause, you know, so every cloud. Um, but you look, um, Clara, you mentioned choice there. Uh, and let's have a look at some of our favourite wedding rituals that we like to perform ceremonies because I think from looking at this every rite of passage has a whole myriad of of different rituals that accompany it uh, whether it's spiritual religious or cultural rich uh, cultural rituals I should say so I thought it might be nice if if we came together and we shared some of our favorite ones now obviously there is so much choice but I thought we might start with something that is very popular. So many couples at least inquire about it because they want to know more about it. And that is hand fasting. Now, Clara, I think I might come to you first. Many of your ceremonies taking place on yeah. the, the cliffs of Moher and the gorgeous clear landscape yeah. as well. Um, I presume it's something you've done many times. I would probably say 85% of my ceremonies have hand fasting ceremonies right. within that. Um, it is, I love doing them. I love including them. I love the fact that it's, you know, the oldest rituals, um, 7,000 BC. Um, we're familiar with it from Braveheart. We've seen it in, in many modern day um, ceremonies as well. Um, it's just a beautiful accompaniment and inclusion into a ceremony and I know celebrants all do it differently but for us we always include it after the vows and rings are exchanged and it's just before the pronouncement mm, um yeah. so it's it's just a really lovely wrap-up of the whole ceremony of the whole day um and it's it's brilliant and we've, we've we've done it in so many different ways we've used lots of different things and there's just loads of ideas and and opportunity around it so it's really 
that's that's the thing it's so customizable there are so many different options and, exactly, and yeah. colors and ribbons and michael it's it, it's something that you must have performed too uh, and fasting have you Yes, I, I, I've done it. I've, I've done it twice now. Um, and I, I have a couple actually were planning it. Um, I, and they're picking colors to represent different things like, you know, red for, for emotion and excitement, you know, white for purity and etc. Now they probably have picked too many colors. So we just need to figure <laughs> out how we're going the to logistics. do it. But the idea is what they want to do, which is really interesting. And I think this is why hand fasting is so popular. You can change it around yeah. to the way that suits you. Uh, different, a lot of the family are doing different parts of the wedding. So they've asked friends to bring up each of the colors uh, and then nice. we'll we'll do the, the the hand fasting with them. So you know it it gets people involved, which is great. And then it brings in all these different emotions and different feelings of how they're actually feeling on the day and what they're planning for their future. So it's 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 a, it's a lovely way. I have a Scottish couple. Uh, well, actually, sorry, she's Irish. He's Scottish. Nice. They want to tie just one ribbon. Uh, around their hands but they're actually going to get the ribbon made so it'll have kind of celtic designs on it and then they'll wrap it around the hands so that's really interesting uh, that is very nice yeah, i love that nice. idea michael i think one of my favorite yes. hand fasting braids that was handmade it was in um a ceremony two years ago in hotel Doolin, and the couple were from america and they worked for nasa um making rockets so that was amazing but their, the bride's mother made the hand fasting braid. And what she did was she got one piece was um, part of her own wedding dress, which was also her mother's wedding dress. The, the bride's grandfather used to always wear a handkerchief. So it was a bit of his handkerchief. So it was a dress from the Lost. groom's mother. Um, there was the NASA scarf in the middle of it. And then their, their dog lovers. So they had charms of dog bones. They had the American flag and they had um, a shamrock at the end and when i described the background to hand fasting then i also described the symbolism as you do michael with you know whatever is chosen for the braid and it was just it was just such a lovely representation of their family their wider family their interests and where they're from and then they were going to go back to america and they were going to frame it so it was gorgeous so there's been loads there's loads of iterations my most interesting actually just talking about that on a totally opposite side was dog lovers who come to the cliffs and travel to ireland don't bring their dogs you know so because they're coming on holidays and their wedding so i've had couples bring their dog leads and we've oh, used their dog leads. That's so really cool. <laughs> so there's part of their dog with them and it's perfect. So so you can really go both oh, sides. I think there's just something have, in my eye there at the moment. <laughs> you can have something really, you know, really um, special, something that's been made or just bring your dog lead in their part of it too. Yeah, fantastic. So a couple forget their hand fasting braid, which they'd made. And as you, Michael and Connor know, we always have extras with us. So... I have my bag of tricks. We had a green ribbon. It was perfect. So we still were able to do it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there's lots of choice in what you can use. Yeah, yes, lots of lots of choice. And you know what? You're dead right. As, as celebrants, I think it's important that we always have the spares standing by. And, and I learned that the hard way. Um, one couple uh, that, yeah. that I had said, you know, oh, you know, we'll, we'll bring the ribbon. And this was my first hand fasting. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. And they rocked up with this tiny little piece of something that looked like a shoelace. Oh, and I was no. like, oh God, how no. do we make this work? No. I mean, we did, but 
you know, I was trying to keep the the theatre and and the significance yeah. of it uh, yeah. as as well. Uh, but look, you mentioned there as well that the fact that it makes such a nice keepsake uh, as well afterwards. Yeah. So uh, there is that option, you know, instead of untying it, that you can just loosen it and take your hands out and then keep that. Then whether you frame it or keep it in a box yeah. or. I just release it very gently so the knots are yeah. there. Sometimes it can with wind, I mean, but they're they're still there. So that, and I put them then carefully in whatever they've they've brought with them, etc. Et so they can just bring it back and then have that. Yeah, a keepsake is really nice. It's a yeah, lovely, it's yeah, a lovely yeah. idea. Yeah. And and there's such nice words I think that go with those moments as oh, you, as you're yeah. as you're tying tying well tying the knot. In fact, tying the knot because there you go, and that's actually part of the uh, significance of where it comes from being a being a Celtic ritual. It's yeah. you know tying the knot and the bonds of marriage all come from this hand fasting uh, ritual. Yep, that's right. It's yeah. where it all yeah. came from, and, and it's I love explaining that to people. I also love including the line mm. from Braveheart because um, a lot of people are familiar with that when William Wallace marries Mwiran in secret and he says, um, I will love you, mo- you my whole life, you and no other forever. That's oh, lovely to include yeah, yeah. when the groom says it. So sometimes I ask the groom to include that at the end as a surprise. I shouldn't say that now on a podcast in case there's... Sorry, just being... Spoiler alert. Yeah, the groom's like, that was my line. We know what Tara's going to do. I know, I know what's going to... And then if it doesn't happen, they'll be disappointed. Um, No, but it is. If if it's if, if Braveheart is a film that they both love and that's where they yeah. stand fast and et cetera, yeah. it can often be a nice... Very nice. And then what, what I didn't realise, actually, in putting this item together and, and chatting with you guys ahead of this, was that Kate and William... Uh, I had forgotten that Kate and William had their own hand fasting at That's their right. wedding as well. Yes, they did. And they had that kind of, um, rather than a ribbon, they had a material, which mm. is kind of what the, the, the Irish-Scottish couple that I'm doing it for, they're creating this long piece of material. Wow. On one end, they're having, you know, shamrocks and the Irish harp and some symbols from Ireland. And, do you know, it's interesting because it is this Celtic tradition. So it's an Irish-Scottish tradition. So it's fantastic having a couple that are actually coming from those two backgrounds. And and, and on his side of it will be, you know, the thistle and, and, and all those Scottish kind of symbols yeah, is the idea. Yeah, yeah. They haven't picked a colour yet, but I think it's going to be white. But, uh, you know, so it is very interesting to see what you can do with the thing and then to see somebody like Kate and William mm. to do it and everybody kind of you know how many people watched that wedding do you know exactly and probably saw hand fasting for the very first time exactly yeah. exactly yeah and and I think what I like about it is that it means something it's not just a, a gimmicky yes. little thing it actually means something it's got relevance you know when you talk about um, you know, the hands coming together, been bound together, it has such a significance, you know? Absolutely. It's actually one of the most important things that I check with couples because for me, having something that's meaningful is very important mm. more so than, as you mentioned, Connor, gimmicky or what you've seen before or what you think you should do. So sometimes when I talk to couples, I talk through all the different rituals, enhancements they can include. And you can see by people's faces, our reactions, it's like, no way, or tell me more about that, or I absolutely want to do that. And if someone's not sure, yeah. or if someone just thinks, that, then I say, cut it, cut don't it. do it, yeah. there's no yeah. point, because yeah. Yeah. it has to be meaningful, it has to be something both um, people are really interested in. 
and they really want to do it not for the sake of it yes not just for the sake of it yeah um like that when couples ask me which happens often uh, about the sand ceremony uh, where you mix two different types of sand and i'll always say okay that's that's great but if you're not from i i if 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 Sand, if the, the sand in question doesn't mean anything to you and it's just the two of you pouring sand into a container, it may not mean anything. Whereas if you're from, well, if you're from Donabate, mm. for example, and if you're from the Clare Coast yeah. and the sand yes. means something to you, well, then that's wonderful. And it's imbued then with that significance. But look, if you're just doing it because you saw somebody else do it at a wedding, you know, what I mean is it may yeah. not be that beautiful moment that you expect it to be at the ceremony, you know? No, it's interesting. Yeah. A couple before and they weren't beach goers, etc. but they liked the idea of it, but they loved gardening. So we oh, talked yeah. about soil because you can use soil in the same way as you use sand. And what they did was mix the soil and it has the same symbolism because they brought soil from their own gardens, etc. So there are iterations like that because like you, if, if it's not something, if someone says, you know, I don't, go to the, I don't like sand, you know, some people are just don't even want to do it at all. There are iterations, um, but like that, when they understand the meaning and why we're doing something, that's key. We can, we can, we can definitely mix and match to their interests, etc. Yeah, Connor, I have a, I have a couple next year. Um, They've postponed twice, but um, they've three children and they're doing the sand ceremony because they want to involve their children. Mm. Uh, and so they will have five different colours which they'll blend, which I think is lovely. And that's, you know, to them, that's about, you know, bringing the family together mm. as part of this ceremony and unifying the family, which is lovely. And it is a perfect thing for that because the children can relate to the sand, you know, and it works yeah. well uh, in, in that sense. So it's a lovely it's a lovely ceremony for that. But for that. you're right. If 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 it's only if it's only kind of getting two coloured sands out of you know the art and hobby shop, and it doesn't really mean anything, it's not one yeah. I would I, I would pick. And talking about the keepsakes, having sand similar last year, we had a couple who used sand from where they where they grew up. One was always in Kilkee, one was always in Lahinch, and then they have two kids, and they used their favourite coloured sand, which was blue and green. But when they layered them. The, oh, yeah. what the effect it had in a container, in a glass, you know, vase or, or and people actually yeah. make sand ceremony containers that you can bring. I've seen some amazing ones. Um, that was beautiful. And to have that then in your living room, somewhere positioned where I, I just think that's a really lovely, meaningful yeah. um, representation of your family, your interests again, and um, the kids. So which, which yeah, love sand, so, and, yeah. And indeed. And, and Michael made that point that it is that nice way of involving kids and bringing yes. children into it as and keep well. Though, yeah. Make sure the sand's dry. I've been up on the cliffs of Moher with <laughs> sand that was still stuck to the bottom of the jar. And there are funny pictures of us literally banging the end of the jar oh, <laughs> so. yeah. I, I think I've just got an episode idea for, for another time things that can go wrong for celebrants oh, you know yeah. when ceremonies go wrong um, listen moving on I'll I do want to that one there's a few yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, I do want to put another one on, on the table. And, and Clara, you had mentioned the wine box syrup. No. Now, again, very customizable. Um, so, so Clara, share it with us because it is an exceptionally adaptable ritual uh, yeah. to your styles and, and, and tastes. Absolutely. There's loads of different ways you could do it. So it's called the love letter and wine box ceremony, but that doesn't mean you have to use wine because there's some people who would prefer champagne, whiskey. Some people don't drink. So I've had people include tea. So there's loads of different things you can do. But basically the, the, the way we use it is... Um, a couple would write a love letter to each other and sometimes the mothers would present those during the ceremony or if it's just the two of them, they'd bring theirs themselves and then they would choose their favourite drink. Um, so, for example, if a couple got engaged and they shared a gorgeous bottle of wine, that would often be the wine that they would then buy for their ceremony or whiskey or champagne or, as I said, tea. So whatever they 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 they, they, they love. And then during the ceremony, we, we have that there with them. So the bottle of wine I'm going to use as the example. And then they put their love letters with that bottle of wine and place it in a prominent position in their house. And on their five year anniversary, they will sit down, they will open the wine, have a glass and read the letters. But if, if they hit a little roadblock before the five year anniversary, just going through a bit of a tough patch, whatever that may be, they can then decide both of them to open the wine and read the love letters then just to remind themselves of how, why they fell in love and why they got married. And um, yeah, it's absolutely fabulous. And yeah, keep nice. it simple. A box of wine um, and then put the love letters with that. And often with couples coming from overseas, what I often do is say they pick Jameson whiskey, for example. But I'd get them to buy two bottles of, or bring the two bottles of Jameson whiskey from the plane. Right. And yeah. they'd open it during the ceremony, just the two little small bottles, and have a sip during the ceremony. And then they bring the, 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 oh, yeah. you know, the, the proper Jameson box back with them and put the love letters in with those. Nice. Uh, when the couple picked tea, I brought up a flask of tea, two nice mugs. They had a cup of tea or a sip of tea during the ceremony, which was brilliant because it was freezing. <laughs> Similar, I have a ceremony next June and they're getting two bottles of wine. They're going to open one of them, have a little glass during the ceremony and bring the other box of wine home with the love lovely, letters. But they're really lovely. nice. But yeah, um, you can get a lot of ornate boxes, as I said, but just keep it simple. And yeah, and, and I think, um, don't Etsy have ones yeah. like with a little lock? With, um, the, with the lock. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Exactly. And their yeah. names and their dates of the couple, they're beautiful. Like they yeah, are really, yeah. really nice. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and the key as well. You can get ones key. with the keys, which in itself is yeah. a, such a lovely symbol, you know, to hand exactly. that key to the other person, you know, you hand the keys of your heart yeah. to the other person. There can be such lovely symbols in that that, that, yeah. that can be taken from that as well, you know? Yeah. I yeah. love the idea of it though as just being something that will remind you when you have it in a prominent position, similar to the hand fasting braid or the sand ceremony, when you have those in your house, that every time you walk past them, yeah. it reminds you of your day and why you're married. And I just think that's really important um, when, when other stuff can can yeah. derail you sometimes so 
And I think I I find as well sometimes when you sit with a couple and you talk about the different options of when you might open that, because like like you say, some might open it on a first anniversary or a fifth anniversary or a tenth anniversary or some people will open it, you know, if they have a row, they'll sit down and and they'll open it and they'll they'll drink their wine and they read their love letters to each other. And I always find when I see that little flash in the couple's faces that, you know, they're thinking, wow, this is really beautiful. I almost get an image of them sitting down, opening the box. And then I'm thinking, God, it's really beautiful. I mean, it is such a lovely thing to do. Else, and I haven't done it with couples, but there's other options like a time capsule. So say yeah. you have your wine box and you put your love letters in. You could also put in, if you had a ceremony booklet, maybe printed or the, the front page of the newspaper mm. that day or something that you had on your dress or your suit are, you know, there's other little keepsakes of your wedding yeah. that you could potentially add in there too, just to have it somewhere safe as well and another reminder. Yeah, so there's yeah. other... So it's it's almost like, like you say, a time capsule. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's nice as well. And very customizable yet again as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, hands up here who has done a ring warming uh, at a ceremony. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified the rings would get lost somewhere <laughs> along the way or, set, or they'd never make their way back. Well, actually, that micro wedding, interesting because um, there was no best man, there was no bridesmaid uh, because they, they were both uh, uh, out of the country, so they couldn't travel for the wedding. So the parents were really involved from readings and from everything. And uh, the father of the groom kept the rings and he kind of represented the, the, the best man, if you like. But he handed what was really interesting, and this was not planned, he handed the rings to uh, his wife first, so the mother of the groom. And then they handed the rings over to the bride's parents before they brought them up to me. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? But that's what they were doing. They were just sharing that before they brought it up. Now, whether they had this planned themselves, I'm not sure. But it was a kind of a ring warming. They were, you know, saying, you know, handing over to to both of those their good wishes and their good fortune. So that was lovely. Very unplanned. I wasn't sure what was going on, but (laughs) it was lovely. That's really nice. Yeah, it's lovely when nice. it's when it's unstructured like that because there's lovely meaning behind it. I did what yeah. most I ever did was with 220 guests, which was a bit daunting. But I said to the couple, "We'll see how it goes, and let's keep it simple." So we we got the one of the groomsmen. I introduced it at the very start, and one of the groomsmen started it. And during the ceremony, probably twice, I kind of made a reference, um, you know who's got them, if anyone leaves the room, I'll be keeping an eye on you. You know, we need the ring soon type thing. So we are always kept a kind of half eye on where they were. It's a lovely job for us, uh, a flower girl or a child who is, you know, a, who who would, would be want to get involved because they can keep an eye on where, where the rings, yes. rings are. Yeah, um, yeah. I always bring little bags with me so that I tie them really tightly and then, um, the rings won't slip out and then the um, they're harder to drop <laughs> everyone can really feel the bag the rings through the bag which is really nice as well oh, yeah. with COVID now it's not it's going to be something I don't think we'll be we'll be including for the foreseeable um, unless it's a very small um, you know intimate mm. ceremony and I, I won't be getting involved with, with it either um, but it's it's a really nice 
it's a really lovely thing to include. It's a lovely thing um, to do. I would nearly encourage, I, I'd nearly encourage that even when we're back to, you know, at a big wedding for the best man to hand the rings to the, the parents first before yeah, yeah, bringing them yeah. back. Because it was really, it was just such a simple little thing to do. Yeah. It was very effective. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and you know what, even when we do get back to whatever type of normality is ahead of us, I think it's a nice way of including guests oh, yes. as well and friends and, and, and family. And in fact, I will say, interestingly enough, I've always made it a standalone moment in the ceremony during a piece of music. But in fact, hearing you now, to have it happening through the ceremony, passing it around from early on, I can see how that would work much better, you know, instead of of um, of like losing the momentum of the ceremony. Exactly, because I feel, you know, we, we kind of make a joke a joke about it in the sense of don't hold it for too long and, you know, pass on your gifts, et cetera. I, I know one or two celebrants have said to me before that they, they stopped, it, it, it was a standalone piece but there was too many guests for it to be standalone. So you can do standalone when you spoke, Michael, about the, the parents and the uh, the immediate. So for our now micro weddings, standalone piece of we're doing the ring warming now will work with a lovely piece of music. But with larger crowds, it can't. It has to happen through the ceremony yeah, because it's yeah. too long, like you yeah. say, Connor. Yeah, you're right. And and I think it allows more people as well to get to hold the rings uh, too, which I think is, is, is important. And worth mentioning as well uh, that the ring warming ritual is rooted in Irish history too. It has its origins uh, in, in in Irish history. So so it's travelled further afield as well. So that's nice. Um, now, at the same time, I am very conscious of time. I do want to start moving towards the end. And there were a few little quick mentions that I just wanted to bring in. Michael, you mentioned a really interesting one that I hadn't come across before. Is it the Spanish uh, ritual of Las Aras? Well, uh, yes, uh, Las Aras, but I, I would suggest I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, so I'll ask them when, I, when I'm talking to them again. So uh, a bit like what we were talking about earlier, it's great to bring a ritual that represents the cultures and the backgrounds of the people. So I have a wedding, um, Irish girl um, and, well, half Spanish, half Portuguese um, uh, chap. So throughout the ceremony, there's going to be Portuguese uh, Spanish and Irish. She actually wants some Irish in the ceremony. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, but the ritual or the ceremony that they want to include is the Las Aras or the wedding coins. Now it's Hispanic in, 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 in background. Uh, it's from, originally from the Catholic faith and it was about handing over the dowry. Uh, but needless to say, uh, uh, as t- as we've all evolved, and, and it has evolved into a beautiful symbol of sharing fortune and good luck. So what happens is there's 13 coins. Uh, couples, I believe, get them made. And I believe um, uh, uh, Tracy and Enrique are getting these coins made. Uh, the parents will bring them up and present them to the couple. And then they share the coins between them. So they pass the 13 coins between them. And what it does, it's representing that shared uh, fortune and good luck in their marriage going forward. And also kind of representing that there's a shared responsibility to making a future together. So that's, isn't that lovely? That's really mm, nice. Now I've got to learn nice. a bit of Spanish, but we'll, <laughs> we'll worry about that in a few months. You've got this. Um, You've got this. <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it's a lovely way to bring in, um, you know, uh, a, a, the, 
the background or culture or traditions mm. of, of the couple. So um, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, it sounds great. A bit of work to do on it, but uh, they're currently getting the coins made. So it's not really interesting. So Very it'll be interesting nice. to see what they look like. Very nice. And again, I, I, it's one that seems to have meaning as well and means something to them. And I'm presuming then, yes. I'm, I'm presuming then that they get to, to keep the coins after. So it's... Oh, they sort keep of a, the coin so like a that, nice like, keepsake. Absolutely. So like the San ceremony or the hand fasting ribbons, they will keep these coins then as a representation of their wedding day and their life together as a couple. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it great? Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It'll be an interesting wedding because there's Portuguese in it as well. So there'll be Portuguese readings. <laughs> so it's going to be a very interesting ceremony overall. So, so you'll have Portuguese, Spanish, yes. And did you say the cupola focal, a little bit of Irish yeah, as well? Yeah, so there's going to be, um, she wants an Irish reading. Uh, she wants a, there'll be a Portuguese reading, uh, the Spanish ritual, uh, the Las Aras. And then she wants, yeah, they've asked that some of the pronouncement is done in Spanish. <laughs> wow, wow. So, I need to start learning my Spanish. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking here. Can I please be a guest at this? Yeah. This sounds like a wonderful celebration. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. I love I love that. I love when talking to couples during our consultations and they start talking about their their heritage and their culture. And when you start researching the traditions around those oh yeah countries, and then recommending things and suggesting and they're like oh wow i didn't know if we could do that and i say well absolutely i you know there's there's ways of including different elements and i just think that's really meaningful and often you see the parents of the couple when they see something that they you know they may not have expected or that they know they're going to be able to include um it really make, makes it so lovely and memorable it's, it's it's fabulous to be able to do it i think we're very lucky in our jobs to be able to to create something that's so reflective of yes. um, of couples and backgrounds, you know, in in a ceremony that's really meaningful. So it's 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 lovely to be able to do it. I can't wait to hear about that, Michael. I think it's going to be amazing. Absolutely, yeah, it will. It'll be um, it'll be great fun. And you know, they, you're right, Clara. There's people travelling from Portugal, from Spain. You know, there's uh, obviously his parents uh, will be there, and. You know, so his father is Portuguese and he his mother is Spanish. So, you know, that kind of so they will be, you know, bringing that to the wedding in Ireland will mean so much to them. So, you know, they didn't. Uh, I, I mean, it was it, like that, Clara. I said to them, like, is there any Spanish traditions that you would like to include? And, and like that, the conversation went, oh, well, should we never thought about that? Can we? And it was actually myself who found the Las Aras and straight away they were on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, it'll yeah. be really amazing. And I think Clara just touched on it there. I, I think we're very fortunate, the three of us being independent, mm. uh, Irish ethical celebrants, that we're not aligned to any specific belief system or culture or religion or faith that we can include, we can perform whatever ritual it is you feel will have meaning for you oh, on, yeah. on, on your important day. And so there is that flexibility, which is which is really exciting. And I, and I guess, I, I think you're probably the same as me, that I, I love learning as well. So so it's always an opportunity to to um, extend that knowledge as well, which is really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, it is, absolutely, Connor. It's great because, you know, couples sometimes don't know what they want. And, you know, you have a broad range of ideas that you can present to them. Some couples like like the Spanish Irish couple, 
they knew they wanted something Spanish. What I could do, I wasn't sure, but when you research, but there's, you know, there's nothing stopping us doing the, the Las Aras, which is fantastic for them, you know, because it really makes their day personal, do you know? Yeah, absolutely. And also with lockdown, a lot of couples have developed new new habits um, and new shared interests. And the ceremony I did last November, the couple um, were from Mayo and Galway and they have two gorgeous little girls and they had bought their new home. They were just settling in and they were doing lots of gardening together and growing vegetables and just trying to live a really, you know, sustainable really cool. lifestyle. Yeah, so we yeah. discussed planting an apple tree nice. to represent the family. So they brought soil from their both their family homes and then soil from their current home wow. and put the soil together and we're going to go back then to their home and plant the apple tree in their garden. So like that, it's, it's really nice to have something that's reflective of couples' interests and um, yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And and that, that tree planting, that's something that extends beyond the idea of a wedding as well because that can mark... <laughs> so many different milestones in your life you know if you want to do yeah. a, a memorial service to remember somebody in fact I'm hoping hoping uh, yeah. to perform it soon enough hopefully for a naming ceremony as well to 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 mark the start of a life and that tree will grow yeah. with that child so, so so that is nice um look I I think the takeaway here is that there's no shortage of choice when it comes to meaningful rituals uh, that you can perform on your big day. Yeah. But listen, I'm, I'm very conscious of time. I've kept you far too long today, but I've enjoyed chatting to you so much. It really, really was such a lovely chat. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Connor. I chatted all day. It was great. <laughs> well, look, I think it is something that we can revisit again sometime if, if you'd yeah. come back and join me. Love to. Absolutely, Connor. Yeah, it was fantastic. Great chatting to you. You know, it's lovely to talk about these things with other celebrants and see, mm. do you know, even see, am I doing these things right? Do you know, but yeah. there's no wrong with these. It's and what the couples want. That's you know, it. And learning fantastic. from each other. I, I can't wait to hear about your wedding now, Michael, that's coming up. Um, yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah. It's brilliant. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, of course, as always, I'd love listeners to get involved in the conversation as well. So do let me know your thoughts too. Um, if you've got your favourite rituals that perhaps you've seen at a wedding, you can get in touch uh, with the celebration sessions over Instagram. And I mentioned that we are three members of the Irish Ethical Celebrant Society, so you can check out the organisation and uh, some of our wonderful colleagues as well at iecs.ie. And they're, they're playing a blinder on Instagram as well at the moment, so you can check out the IECS on Instagram. And not forgetting, of course, uh, you guys have a wonderful online presence as well. Michael, you're michaelgraycelebrant.ie. That's right, Connor. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. trying to build my presence on social media. <laughs> Not easy, but I'm, I'm learning and learning fast. Yeah, so yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, and of course, you're on Instagram as michaelgraycelebrant. That's as right. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you have any questions, you can get in touch uh, with Michael. And Clara, you're at coastalceremonies.ie. That's it. Yeah, yeah, sure are. Myself and my two fabulous colleagues, Susan and Orla. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find information. We've loads of information up there about all of the rituals and enhancements you can include as well. So we've Super. talked about what, what happens, what can go wrong and some tips and tricks up there as well. So 
plenty of uh, reading material for anyone who's interested. Very good. Very good. So you can check out at Coastal Ceremonies on Instagram for Clara and your fabulous colleagues yeah. as well. And in fact, all of those links will be in the episode description as well. So you'll be able to, to just click on them. Um, Clara Malone and Michael Grace, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate your time. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million. Ah, the pleasure was all mine. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, for joining me once again. Don't forget, please do like and subscribe. Leave some feedback on on the various platforms. You know, I will say the numbers on, on this podcast have been so encouraging and growing all the time. So thank you so much for your support. And you know what? Let's keep that going. So please do share this podcast and give us a little tag on social media. But look, till the next time, stay safe. Take care. This has been the Celebration Sessions podcast. Mm-hmm.